We're in a series called God and Your Job. Some of you are looking for a breakthrough in your job. You're at a point where you're kind of stuck. You've got a tough decision to make. You want God to lead and guide you into a new level, maybe a new um, uh, opportunity of work. And so you're struggling with the decision. How do I move forward? How do I know when to quit my job and and find one that fits my shape? How do I know when to start my own business? How do I know when to take a career risk? And you may be struggling with a very difficult decision at work, unsure where to turn, undecided what to do. James tells us that a person, a double-minded man, a person who cannot make up his mind, is unstable in all his ways. That indecision uh, creates chaos and instability in your life. But fortunately, God's Word has a lot to say about making wise decisions at work. Tonight, or today, we're going to look through the Proverbs of Solomon and look at the wisdom that he has to offer us about how to make decisions. Eight principles about work that'll work if you work them. First one is, uh, I must check the Bible. Check the Bible. This is the principle of revelation. This is where we start. Before you do anything else, before you get anybody else's perspective on what to do, you need to go to the Word of God and get God's perspective. The, the Bible is filled with advice on work and on business. If you want to know the principles of work and finance and success, go to the Bible. You know, most secular books on business are just biblical principles without the references and without God. Because it's, if it's true, it's true. And it's in here. You know, in the Old Testament, you see biblical principles lived out in the lives of Joseph and Daniel, Abraham, Moses, and others. In the New Testament, Jesus and Paul and Peter provide clear instructions on how to succeed at work. And in the book of Proverbs, Solomon just lays out how to live with wisdom at work. When in doubt, when you're struggling with a decision, when you need a breakthrough, read the owner's manual. Go to the source of truth. Proverbs 2, 6, It is the Lord who gives wisdom. From him come knowledge and understanding. He provides help and protection for those who are righteous and honest. Notice five benefits that come from going to the Lord for this information. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, help, and protection. When I need to make a tough decision, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, help, and protection. And you find that in God's Word. You know, people are often waiting for God to speak to them when they make a decision. Oh, God, speak to me. Tell me what to do. God's already said it in here. God's already told you what to do in here. Write this down on your outline somewhere. Stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. Stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. When you don't know what to do, look for a verse. Because the Bible is eternal truth. It means it's always right. It's far better than listening for a voice or waiting for some sort of an impression. You ever make a decision based on an impression and wound up in chaos? Proverbs 28, 26, a man is foolish to trust himself. But those who use God's wisdom are what? Safe. That's right. There's safety when you rely on God's word. Don't just rely on an impression. You know, feelings aren't facts. You may feel it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Our feelings often lie to us. You need something far more reliable than feelings to build your life, to build your work, your family, everything on. You need to base it on the eternal word of God. So the first question when you need to make a decision, the first question you need to ask is, what does God say? 
Fill your mind with what God's Word says. Spend time reading it over and over and over. Read it widely. Read it deeply. Mine God's Word for gold nuggets on leadership. Search it for what God says about starting something new. Track down what God says about work and career goals. That's the principle of revelation. I fill my mind with wisdom from God's Word rather than the foolish way of the world. Number two, get the facts. This is the principle of information. You find out everything you can before you make the decision. You do your due diligence. You study, you examine, you research, you ask questions. You get a realistic view of the situation before you decide. You may be struggling. Do I need to change jobs? Should I start a new business? Well, you've got to study the situation first. You know, a lot of people get a great idea. Oh, I think I ought to go do this. I'm a good cook. I'll start a restaurant. You know, people start businesses without checking first. Will the market sustain it? Do we need another restaurant? Are people interested in eating that kind of food? Are they interested in buying the product you want to sell? Are they willing and able to come to the location that you've chosen? You know, you look around our community, and there are some locations where there have been several different businesses in the same building, and they've all failed. I mean, even a great pizza won't sell in a bad location. You know, you'd think the first one, two, three, four, five, six businesses that went in there thought, oh yeah, this will work, but evidently they didn't study the market. Evidently they didn't know their customer base. Evidently they didn't look at the location. They didn't get the facts. Proverbs 13, 16, every prudent man acts out of knowledge. Proverbs 18, 13, how stupid to decide before knowing the facts. A lot of new businesses fail because they're based on uninformed optimism rather than on facts. U.S. Labor Department says that 80% of all new businesses fail within the first year. Of the 20% that survive, 80% of those will fail in the first five years. Of the 20% that survive that, 80% of those will fail within 10 years. It's extremely difficult to start a business and maintain it. Only type of business that has a high success rate is the franchise. Places like Subway and and, uh, Starbucks, McDonald's, Wednesdays, Chick-fil-A. Well, because why? Because they do their research. You know, when you buy into one of those businesses, you're buying a system that's almost goof-proof. The average McDonald's grosses over $2 million a year. Why? Because they've done their research. They know what works. They know what doesn't work. It's based on fact, not feeling, or uninformed optimism. Proverbs 14, 16, sensible people are careful to stay out of trouble, but stupid people are careless and act too quickly. Circle that phrase, act too quickly. One of the most common mistakes that we make, we decide too quickly. It's important to make a right decision, not a quick decision. We're enamored with a fast decision. We've got to decide fast. Folks, pressure is never from God. Pressure to decide is never from God. If you feel pressured to make a decision, that's when you need to stop. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me if you're tired and heavy laden and I will give you rest. God relieves pressure. He doesn't lead through pressure. If you feel pressure, it's not from God. And you need to ask yourself, why am I feeling this pressure? Do I have all the facts that I need? Because Jesus doesn't lead through pressure. Jesus leads through peace. Second question you need to ask when you're making a decision. 
is what do I need to know? And then if you need to, you go take a class, you go to a seminar, you, you attend a school, you read a book, you do whatever it takes to get the facts that you need to know. What do I need to know? How do I find it? That leads to the third thing you do, and that's ask for advice. You need to talk to people about your decision. Talk to people who've made that decision and failed. Talk to people who've made that decision and succeeded. To ask people, do you think I'm shaped to do this? Do you see me doing this and succeeding at it? Proverbs 20:18. plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without the advice of others. Getting advice can prevent disaster. It saves you time. It maximizes your energy and resources. People say it's wise to learn from experience, and it is, but it's even wiser to learn from the experiences of other people. Life is too short for you to make every mistake on your own. It's also too painful when you do that. Proverbs 15:22: Without advice, plans go wrong, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 24, 6, the more advice you get, the more likely you are to win. Even if you have to pay for it, get the advice of good people. It's worth it. You know, often we don't ask for advice because we don't want to admit that we don't know. But humility and wisdom go together. Humility and wisdom are the formula for success. It's pride and arrogance to barge ahead with, without advice and without listening to people. Another reason why we don't ask for advice is we don't want someone to tell us not to do it. You know, maybe it's our dream, maybe it's our desire, it's what we want to do, and, and we would rather try it and fail than have someone give us advice and tell us not to do it. And so we go into it without advice, which dooms us to fail, and so it's just a self-defeating cycle. But we need to get good advice if you're going to make good decisions. And so here's the question you ask. Ask, who could advise me? Who could advise me on this who's already been there? Who could advise me on this? Who's done this and succeeded? Who could lead me to where they have gone? Fourth thing Solomon tells us is set a goal. You know, when you need to make a decision, you need to set a faith goal. You know, what turns a dream uh, into a reality? Well, it's a goal. You set a deadline. I'm going to complete this action by this date. When you put a date on a dream, it becomes a statement of faith. Now you're saying, I believe God wants me to do this by this date. And that deadline focuses your attention. It focuses your priorities. It pushes you to move ahead. Proverbs 17, 14, an intelligent person aims at wise actions. But a fool starts off in many directions. You have aims, you have goals, you have targets that you're moving toward. That's an intelligent person. The wise person just goes off willy-nilly wherever they need to go. You've got to know your specific goal and you set deadlines as to when you will be there. You put a time frame on it. Proverbs 4.25, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then stick to the path and stay safe. Don't get sidetracked. Again, the wise person keeps their eyes on the prize. They move toward the goal. The fool gets sidetracked off doing this, doing that. It's the principle of selection. You can't do everything, and you certainly can't do everything at once. And so you've got to be selective. And we're going to reach this goal by this date. And so you ask the question, what's my goal? What are my milestones? 
You know, milestones are the benchmarks, the markers, the many steps that move you toward the big goal. Fifth thing you need to do, count the cost. Count the cost. It's the principle of evaluation. You figure out in advance what the decision will cost because every decision has a price tag. And you need to know what it will cost, not just in money, but what's this going to cost in time? What's it going to cost in energy? What is this going to cost my family? What's this going to cost my relationships? Proverbs 20, 25. It is foolish and rash to make a promise to the Lord before counting the cost. See, even God, even Jesus want us to count the cost before we promise to do something because it's wise to do that. It's a trap to decide without deliberating, to promise without pondering. You take the time, you count the cost, you make the right decision. And it's okay to tell people, I'll get back to you with a decision on that. You get a salesman or anybody pushing you to make a decision, that's when you need to say, I'll get back to you on this. I'm going to take the time to ponder, to deliberate. I'm going to count the cost. Don't be pressured because it's always easier to get in than it is to get out. It's always easier to get in debt than it is to get out. It's always easier to get into a contract than it is to get out of a contract. It's always easier to get into a relationship than it is to get out of a relationship. It's always easier to fill up your schedule than it is to fulfill your schedule. So you don't be pressured because you want to make the right decision. Jesus taught us to count the cost. He said, if you want to build a tower, you must first sit down and figure out how much it will cost. Why? Because if you don't, you might not be able to finish it and people would ridicule you. And you see this all the time, driving around. You see it with little projects. You see it with multi-million dollar projects. You ever drive around and see a project, somebody started it and obviously they didn't have what it took to finish it. And when you see an unfinished project, you know, a foundation or a building half up and now it's all overgrown with weeds and, and, uh, and junk and fallen down, when you see that, do you think, wow, there's a success? Do you think, well, that was a wise person? No, we look at that and we think, well, that was foolish. Evidently, they hadn't counted the cost. They didn't know what it was going to take to finish that. We view it as a failure and not as a success. So here's the question you need to ask when you're making a major decision. You don't just ask, what will it cost? You have to ask, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because you know it's going to cost you. Every decision does. But is it worth what it's going to cost? Sixth thing, you plan for problems. Uh, You've got to plan for problems in any major decision because you can't ignore the problems because the problems won't ignore you. You've got to prepare to face them. The Bible teaches us to hope for the best and prepare for the worst. That's the path of wisdom. Jesus said when you have tribulation. He didn't say if you have tribulation. He said when. Tribulation is is inevitable. It is guaranteed. So you hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Now that doesn't mean that you solve all the problems in advance because you can't solve tomorrow's problems today. You have to solve the problems when you face them but you prepare for them in advance. But don't confuse the decision-making process with the problem-solving process. This is where dreamers and detailers come into conflict because dreamers don't even see the problem. Detailers want all the problems solved before they'll move ahead. That's not going to happen. You can't solve all the problems ahead of time, but you can prepare for them. 
And you make the decision because it's the right thing to do, and then you solve the problems as they come. You know, when you made the decision to become a parent, had you solved all the problems with your kids first? No. In fact, you didn't even know what the problems would be, were going to be. If you knew what the problems were going to be, you wouldn't have had kids. <laughs> you know? Same thing's true with marriage. You, know, you don't, can't solve all the problems with the person that you're going to marry before you get married. No, you just have to make the decision, this is the right thing, and we will solve the problems as we come to them. But you prepare for the worst. You know, God is so gracious, he just unrolls the scroll a little bit at a time. Because if he showed you the whole thing, it'd scare you to death. So God says, make the decision, then solve the problems as they come up. But you plan for the problems in preparation. Proverbs 22.3, a sensible man watches for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. Simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. So when you're making this big decision, you want to ask, what could go wrong and what will happen if it does? What could go wrong and what am I going to do? You plan for the worst, so you're prepared. Seventh step, I face my fears. It's the principle of confrontation. I've got to face my fears if I'm going to make a major decision. Because the reason you're struggling with the decision, at the root of indecision, is fear. The reason you haven't already decided is you're afraid of what might happen. And we, you know, we hate to face our fears, and so we start coming up with excuses. You know, God told Moses, Moses, I've got a big plan for your life. Moses said, oh, I can't speak very well, Lord. God told Gideon, I've got, a, I've got a big plan for your life. Gideon said, you know, I'm the, I'm the youngest kid in the poorest family in the smallest tribe. You've got the wrong guy. God said, Abraham, I've got a big plan for your life. Oh, I'm too old, Lord. You know, one of them's too young, the other one's too old. We've all got our excuses. Ecclesiastes 11.4, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. And one of the greatest fears that we have as people is the fear of disapproval. Proverbs 29, 25, fear of man, that's disapproval. Fear of man is a dangerous trap, but to trust in God means safety. The moment I start worrying about what other people are going to think, I'm dead in the water. You know, the fear of disapproval is worse than disapproval. You know, I can move ahead and do something and people will disapprove of it, but if I'm afraid of their disapproval, that'll stop me. That stops me. So here's what you need to ask. You're struggling with this decision. What is it that I'm afraid of? You know, you're pausing, you're hesitating, you're afraid to go forward. What is the fear? And you need to face your fear head on because that's the antidote to fear. You, you've got to move against it. When you move against your fear, suddenly the, the boogeyman isn't as big as you thought he was. You know, you open the closet door and there's no monster in there. When I was a kid, I was, I was terrified of snakes. I still don't like them, but I'm not terrified on them, of them. But my family went to the zoo and we went to the reptile house. I mean, you talk about, about fear. I mean, I was scared to death. And I remember I was walking around in there. I actually had a hold of, of the back of my brother's shirt and just followed him around with my eyes closed, walking around in there. And as I had my eyes closed walking around in there, I just imagined these huge, giant snakes 
hissing and slithering around there and striking at people and swallowing people whole and just had this horrible vision of what was going on. And finally, it was so scary in my head that I had to open my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, there weren't giant snakes slithering and striking and swallowing people. There were these tiny little itty-bitty snakes asleep in glass cages. My fear was far, far worse than reality. That's often the case. When I face my fear, it comes back down to size. The antidote to fear is faith. That brings us to the last step. I've got to step out in faith. It's the principle of initiation. At some point, you've got to stop aiming and you pull the trigger. Why? Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, you just come to the point where if God is for it, who can be against it? In every major decision of my life, uh, I've been afraid. When I got married, when I would change careers, when we had kids, when I started going overseas, when we started Rockbrook, this was a terrifying decision for me. In every major decision, I was scared. But I did it anyway. I moved against my fear because I want to live my life on the prom- based on the promises of God, not on the basis of my fear. And so I step out. I move against my fear. What do you do when you don't have the faith? You move forward. You don't wait for the faith to come. You act, and that's when the faith comes. Courage is not the absence of fear. If you're not afraid, you don't need courage. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fear. Courage comes when you are scared to death, but you believe this is what God wants me to do, and so you do it anyway. You know, if God wants you to do it, and that's what we've determined in the other seven steps. If God wants me to do this, then God will help me do it. And so I act in faith. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Remember the Lord in all you do, and he will give you success. God supports those who move out in faith. And so as you're facing that difficult decision, as you're struggling with that, as you're waiting for your breakthrough, you need to ask, where do I need to trust God? You know, you really haven't believed God until you've attempted to do something you can't do in your own power. And sometimes you find yourself faced with making a decision and and it comes in your weakest moment. You are spiritually weak, emotionally weak, mentally weak. You're just worn out. God supports those who move in faith. Where do you need to trust God? If you've never opened your life to Jesus Christ, that's the starting point. You can't make wise decisions in any other area of your life until you've made a decision for Jesus Christ. Because The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so if you're here today, maybe you need to say, Jesus Christ, I'm going to commit my life to you. I don't understand it all. I haven't figured out all the problems, but I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to move against my fear and open my life to you. I'm stepping across the line. I'm moving out in faith. Maybe you've made the decision to give your life to Christ, but you've never been baptized. You've never made that public, obedient profession Uh, that Christ uh, commands us to make. It's amazing to me as I talk to people about baptism how many people are afraid to be baptized for some reason. 
And you need to move against that fear. You need to say, I, I, I'm not ashamed to be a believer of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of this process. I'm going to step in there. And maybe you were baptized as a baby. You know, I'm talking about being baptized as an adult. Jesus Christ was dedicated as a baby in the temple, and at 30 years old as an adult, he got baptized. Why? Because it was his faith that he was living out. It wasn't based on the decision his parents made when he was a baby. Maybe you need to follow Jesus in the act of baptism. We're doing baptisms tonight at the community center. You can take care of that tonight. Maybe you need to step forward and become a member. Take, the, take our membership class on August 4th. Maybe it's time for you to step out there and make the commitment. Get connected with the body of Jesus Christ. Move beyond the fear. Whatever it is that's holding you back and making that decision. It's time to make that and step forward. Whatever it is, the decision you're struggling with, God didn't bring you here today to say all of this to you and then have you not act. Whatever decision you're, you're faced with, where are you stuck? It's time for you to check the Bible, get the facts, ask for advice, set a goal, count the cost, plan for problems, face my fears, and then step out in faith. Let's pray together. Would you just say, God, I want to follow these steps of wisdom for the rest of my life. Every decision I make, I want to commit myself to, to making wise decisions. And so I want to check the Bible. I want to, I want to know your revelation. And I want to get the facts. I want to get solid information, get good advice, godly counsel from people. I want to be humble enough to receive what they speak into my life. God, help me to set a goal. Help me to set a deadline, to, to make a statement of faith. God wants me to do this by this date. And I want to count the cost. God, help me to spend my time, my money, my energy, my relationships, my resources. Help me to spend them doing things that are worth it. I don't want to just spend my life. I don't want to waste my life. I want to invest my life in doing wise things. And most of all, Lord, I need you to help me face my fear. To move against the thing that I fear the most. To get that breakthrough that comes from trusting in you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not depending on myself, but remembering that you love me, you care for me. And that you will give me the courage that I need as I step out in faith. God, we thank you for your wonderful word for the life of wisdom that you call us to. In Jesus' name.